Goosebumps number 39, How I Got My Shrunken Head by R.L. Stein. Heads up. Two heads are better than one. What has two eyes, a mouth, and a wrinkly green skin? Mark Shrunken Head. It's a present from his Aunt Benna. A gift from the jungle island of Balladora. Mark can't await to show the kids at school his shrunken head. It's so ugly, so gross, so awesome. But late one night, the head starts to glow. Because it's no ordinary head. It gives Mark a strange power, a magical power, a dangerous a power. Listener, Listener beware, beware, you're in for a They're gonna love Dark Falls. Daniel Montgomery. I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery. Oh, oh yes. And we're the Terror Dear Twins. Kalia. We love a goosebumps. There's nothing more. <laughs> there's nothing we love more than a a goosebumps. It's our favorite thing on the earth. We love reading it. We love watching it, and we love talking about it. You guys, we're all the way to book number thirty-nine. Away, yeah. We're almost in our forties. Dirty forty. I don't know. Lordy, Lordy, Goosebumps is 40. Whatever. I don't know. Let's talk about how I got my shrunken head, shall we? Yeah, tell me how you got it, Daniel. Oh, oh girl. girl. Let's talk about this book cover. Now, uh... This is a cool book cover. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, pretty cool. Our colors that we're dealing with are, I'm going to go with like a dark forest, potentially even jungle green. Yeah, yeah, and that's right. like kind of a, um, a, um, a... A mild lime. I'd say a dirty key lime. A dirty key lime. That sounds good. A dirty, dusty old key lime. And uh, tell us what's on the cover of this book. Well, on the cover of this book is um, presumably a little boy's bedroom with um, glowing pink and blue tiles. Yes. And then there is a dresser. And then in the dresser, there's a pair of classic orange, red, red, orange Chuck Taylor Converse's sitting right at the bottom, girl. You know that's T. Jacobus giving you that shout out. Uh, There's also a pennant on the back wall that says university in red and yellow, which I think is funny. And then there's like, you know, generic boy stuff like on this dresser where there's like a baseball mitt. His socks, a baseball. And then there'd be a shrunken head just sitting on top of it with this ponytail that's stretching up towards the sky. It's cute. I really like it. Yeah, the the and the uh, the shrunken head has big, wide, white, cartoony eyes with red pupils that's staring up, giving you that Audrina Patridge sky eye face. Well, technically, it's red irises, but oh yes, that's right. I'm not here to judge. You kind of. S- that's true. So this book came out in January 1996, mm-hmm. and the our protagonist is a guy named Malk. Sorry, that's French for Mark. I thought this book was so um kind of 
vaguely summery and reminded me of Sumra times. May I ask you when this book takes place? Um, that's a really good question because Mark is in school during is this. Is he, you know, I I read this, you know, we reread these books. Yeah, we reread these books. We reread and uh, <laughs> feminine enough. Feminine enough. And a real world road rules challenge. 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 Wow. Okay, I'm going to do it. I have to cl- I have to close my eyes and clench my cheeks to I'm going to try right. and do it with my eyes open. Okay. Real world road rules challenge. Real world road rules challenge. Real world road rules challenge. Wow, I had to close my eyes. That was good, but I feel like I did it faster than that. I did. I wasn't prepared, and it turns out I had to close my eyes. Listener, listeners, if you're listening to this, I I challenge you right now to pause this podcast and see if you can say real world road rules challenge three times fast. Did you do it? Wow. Could you do it? She did it. She's got some a jungle magic. Wow. You know, I think this book takes place, I, I think it takes place in, uh, like, during a vague winter break. Maybe. I was, I, as, as I was re-reading it, I, I was paying attention to that, and I, I swear to, swear to gash that there was a there was a line about winter break but I couldn't find it in there. I don't I don't know. I'll tell you what I do know at the end of the book. Um, but I don't want to give anything away quite yet. Okay. I will say that when I reread this book, when I you know I reread these when I was a teen and I gave it a C minus. Yes. I think I I give it a C plus. Oh, bumping it up. Or, or maybe on a good day, a B minus. Well, is today a good day, girl? Yeah, let's just say this book is a B minus. Oh. So Mark is our protagonist. He loves to play this computer game called Jungle King, and he loves, like, all things jungle. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yes. There's nothing more fun than reading about a 12-year-old boy playing a video game. Totally. And in the video game, or it's not even a video game, it's a computer game. Yeah, it's a computer game. It's like you swing from vines and collect shrunken heads, and, like, yeah, 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 we get it. And he's playing with his best friends, Eric and Joey, who, like, are so not even into it, because, like, Mark's, like, all about jungle King. Jungle King. I almost said Jungle Magic. Well, Mark is all about Jungle Magic. You guys... Please tell me who else is in the room with them as they're playing. Okay, you guys. So, you know how this works, right? We have a Gooseman's protagonist, so of course we have to have a annoying little brother or sister. This little sister, her name is Jessica, and she has... Let me hear it, ladies. Red hair! Knocking two of them out in just one fell swoop. Yeah, and praise G. There ain't a lot of Jessica in this book. Bye, girl. Bye. So Mark's like, uh, I want to play. I want to play. And while he's playing, he loves shouting the word Kalia. Yes, he loves shouting the word Kalani. <laughs> he loves shouting this word. And he's like, I don't know. It just popped into my head one day. And I just love shouting it. I'd like to point out that Mark, of course is 12 years old. Yes. He's chubby and he's short. <laughs> and Arl Stein loves to point out how chubby he is several times in this book, so it's very it's very important to Mark's character. It is. It truly is. So Eric and Joel are like, we're over. Let's get out of here. And after they leave... Joey. Joey. Oh, thank you for... for Eric and Joey are like, do you guys want to play... Uh, they like asked if he wants to play his like, new version of Solitaire. 
Yeah, and but it's like, but all all I'm hearing when they when they saying that is like, we don't want to play with you anymore, Mark. We'd rather go home and play by ourselves, girl. Same here. You know what I mean? So the, they they leave. The doorbell rings, and Mark's like, oh, it's probably Eric and Joey. And then he answers the doors and sees something gross. It's a human head. Oh, sicked. Please describe to me what he sees. He sees a human head that is wrinkled and leathery with a neck stitched closed with heavy black string, a horrible sneer and solid black eyes with thick black hair. And it's about the size of a tennis ball. It's a shrunken head. That's right. And it's this woman is just holding it straight out. And this woman has short black hair with streaks of gray in it. She's wearing a long buttoned up raincoat, even though it's warm. Winter break? I don't know. I don't know. With large black framed sunglasses. And she says, are you Malk? This is a present from... She doesn't have an accent. She says, are you Mark? This is a present from your Aunt Benna. You see, I'm Carolyn Hollings. I work with her. And Jessica and Mom run to the door. Jessica runs the door and is like... I want to play with that stupid old shrunken head. So she starts like, she grabs that of Malk's hand and like runs around with it. And as, she, as soon as she grabs it, she screams, ouch, ouch, it bit me, it bit me. Lol, just kidding. I'm just a dumb little kid who has to play pranks just like every dumb little kid that exists. I'm kidding. And she and like Mark like, like play around with it or not play around with it. Mark tries to get it back from her. And at one point, Jessica scratches its ear, leaving a long white scratch. And Mark's like, you're ruining my present that my aunt Benna got me. You stupid little bitch. You're ruining my life. And Carolyn's like, Oh, uh, <laughs> your, your sister Benna sent me. Oh, she's been working so hard on the Island of Balladora. Now, if you guys look up Balladora, it don't exist. Okay. It ain't real. Okay. And she said, um, yeah, Benna actually sent me in her place. Didn't you get her letter? She sent you a letter that told you that I was going to come visit. And mom's like, oh, it must have gotten lost in the mail. Oh, my Why God. Writing letters. Yeah. Come in here for some coffee. Kid. Why don't you I'm, I'm going to make you some coffee. Okay, bish. And so. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's 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 Mark's mom. <laughs> so Carolyn comes in for coffee and decides to just spend the night in the guest room. And. Yeah, pretty much. And Carolyn just regales them all night with wonderful tales of what Aunt Ben is doing in the wo- in the jungle and She'll how be much doing all kinds of crazy things in that jungle, the island of Balladora, and how she'd like discovering plants and animals and oh, it's so exciting. And then she spends the night, and then Mark, you know, Mark's like, "All right, time for bed." Goes to sleep, and as, and he puts the little shrunken head right on his dresser, and he wakes up to a whisper, a whisper saying, "Mark." Milk. 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 And he looks up and he can't believe that it's Jessica. Jessica's walked into his room and says, I had a bad dream. Please go downstairs with me so and get a glass of water with me, please. And he's like, yeah, fucking right. You go get your own glass of water. She's like, I'm scared. He's like, fuck you. So they go downstairs to get a glass of water. Children. And when he gets back up to his room, he gets in bed, back in bed, and... And starts to go b- fall back asleep, but when he uh, he can't sleep because he notices this he notices this bright light, this glowing yellow light in his room, and it's coming from the head. I'd like to point out that the shrunken head itself is glowing and not the eyes. I would like to point that out as well. Like the head itself is glowing, glowing yellow. Its lips twitching, forming a horrifying smile. And he screams, "No, no, please!" 
and it starts floating towards him, like, through the air. And he runs down the hall to his parents' room. And it's like, Mom, Mom. Dad is away on a business trip, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he says, Mom, Mom, help. The head. It's glowing. It's floating. And, of course, Jessica wakes up. Of course, Carolyn wakes up. And she just stands in the guest room doorway with an intense expression on her face. I like the idea, too, that Carolyn wakes up and she's still wearing that trench coat and the sunglasses in the middle of the night. No, she's wearing a long nightshirt with nothing underneath. Oh, wow. Nasty. Yeah. So Mark's like, come, back to, come back to my room. I want to show you. But when he gets back to the room, the shrunken head is gone. <gasps> Where could it be? Where do you think it is? I don't know. Jessica probably stole it. Jessica stole it. And she said it wasn't glowing. Mark was lying. And Mark's like, you know what? Ugh, give me back my... Give me back my head. Bitch. So they go back to sleep or whatever. But as Mark is going, and, and of course, Mark's mom is like, you had a bad dream. And as they're going back to sleep, Carolyn me, is still staring at him from the doorway intensely. And she said, did it really glow, Mark? And he says, yes. And she says, okay, good night. <laughs> and in the morning, Mark gets the surprise of his life. So... And the surprise is that Aunt Benna wants Mark to come visit her. On the island of Balladota. So uh, Mark's mom says, that's totally fine. Who cares what time of year it is or, or any details? And yeah, I know I've never even met this woman before. or anything? It doesn't actually matter. And so literally sentences later, they're on a plane. And Mark has packed the shrunken head. And I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what he. I don't know even how long he's supposed to be gone for. No, n- none of that said. This book moves real fast. So just just, just tag along, you guys, okay? Kalia. And, and the plane ride is very long. They showed three movies. And Carolyn, like, sits next to him on the plane, is talking about this crawling vine that Aunt Benna discovered that she had named after her. And he was, she's like, Isn't that crazy? So when was the last time she visited you? Did she bring you any special presents? Mark's like, what? Like, um, I don't know. The last time I saw Aunt Benna, I was like four. And no, I don't remember her giving me any presents. And Mark sort of notices that even though she's her dark glasses on, he, he senses that she has a very serious expression, that she doesn't smile and just continues to think very hard about that response. Oh, well, so they fly all night. They land in Southeast Asia, Southeast Asia, and they get on a tiny red plane with Ernesto, their pilot. And Ernesto has slicked back hair, his hair slicked all the way back. He has a mustache and a red and yellow Hawaiian shirt and khaki shorts. And it's just the three of them in this tiny ass plane. Tiny, tiny little plane. And they're flying over a bunch of tiny islands. And they come across or come over this big jagged island that's shaped like a crescent moon. And he goes, that's it. That's Baladora. Just like, um, I feel like um, the Abominable Snowman at Pasadena Th- these two books kind of get like really epic. Like, yes, it's like it's like the the adventure portion of Goosebumps. yeah. These are the adventure portion of Goosebumps, and it just moves really really quickly. It's like okay, we're on a plane, we're over islands, now we're doing this crazy ass shit, which is kind of exciting. It is kind of exciting, but it moves real fast. It does move fast. Sometimes it moves too fast, and all of a sudden Ernesto says, "Oh no, oh no, I don't know how to land this plane. We're gonna crash. We're gonna crash." But of course, it's just Ernesto playing a a classy joke. Did your ass think just? was the only one who could take jokes oh make jokes girl so that's just a joke they land on this bumpy like little tiny airstrip next to their headquarters which is just a bunch of low gray buildings and ernesto flies off bye ernesto love you and mark is like 
how else how do we get off this island and, and they're like well and caroline's uh, like oh we just radio ernesto and he's here within the hour oh wow which it, makes mark and me feel a lot better it makes me feel great i love knowing ernesto's nearby so mark's like oh gosh well i guess we're stuck here so they walk over this tall tall grass to where the buildings are and you know it's like jungle-ish and there's like a shrill buzzing of insects and cries of birds and jurassic park and all that yeah pretty much don't you wish this book were a little bit more like jurassic park i do and also this book just like the bomb of snowman sets up this kind of like epic great premise but then it kind of fizzles at the end kind of fizzles at the end kind of fizzles at the end kind of kind of kind of kind of kind of this is at the end. You say you want a bad bitch. Bitch, I eat my rice and cabbage. Ass so fat, he want to grab it. It's true that I'm a bad bitch. Bad bitch. No. Bitch, I eat my rice and cabbage. No, 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 no. Ass so fat, he want to grab it. And the buildings are perfectly square. They're like, um, like little cubes, really, flat-roofed. And Mark says they look like upside down cartons with square windows cut into each wall. And they have mosquito netting over the windows. And there's a bunch of, there's screen doors in every building. And they enter the first building, which is the biggest. And it's filled with a bunch of stuff, like a table cluttered with test tubes and equipment. And there's a bookshelf filled with notebooks. And Mark's like, Aunt Benna? And then he sees sees Aunt Benna. And Aunt Benna has long white hair and she's bent over this table. And then she turns around, but it's not Aunt Benna. It's a man in a white lab coat. And he's got, you know, thick white hair, pale blue eyes like marbles. And as soon as Mark walks in, this man says, does he have it? He has a scratchy, hoarse voice. And then Carolyn says, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, he, he has it. And she's all nervous and excited. She goes, yes, he has it, he has it, he has it. And then the daughter, his, that old man's daughter appears in the back, and it's his daughter, Corrine. Corrine has blonde hair, light blue eyes, just like her daddy. A white t-shirt and white tennis shorts. And she is, coincidentally, the same age as Malk. Now, let's talk about right now the relationship between between Carolyn and Dr. Hollings. Because did you not th- assume that they were lawfers or our husband and wife? I guess so. But isn't Carolyn just a bad bitch and that's all that she is? And Dr. Hollings is... No, it's Carolyn Hollings. It's his sister. Oh. Because Kareen later talks about how her mother died. She just wants to go back to New Jersey with the grandmother. Oh, okay. So it's Carolyn Hollings, her brother, Dr. Harold Hollings? I think that's right. I don't know where that came from. I think that's right. I believe that that's correct. Okay, so there's Dr. Hollings is the dude, and then there's another Dr. Hollings, which is which is Carolyn. His sister, Carolyn. His sister, and then... Carolyn's niece slash Dr. Hollings' daughter, Corrine. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, let's just say it's that. It's different for the TV episode. Yeah, but yeah. Girl, we'll get to that. Girl. Corrine is like full of sass and is just like very sassy. And Mark's like, um, where's my Aunt Benna? And they, they're like, she's not here. She's missing. We brought you here because we thought you can help us find her with your jungle magic. And he says, what? And Kareem's like, he's tired. Let's just explain all this later. Let's give him a Coke. Do we have any Coca-Colas left? Ooh, that sounds good. You know what I tried? Did I tell you? What? I tried Coca-Cola Life. Isn't it good? I like it. Oh, you've tried it too? Yeah. Oh, I kind of really like it. Oh, yeah. I've had it plenty of times, Daniel. I didn't know that you've had it before. I've only had it in the bottle. I noticed you had a green can of it the other night at Deb's house. Yes, 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 yes. It looked really, really good. You know, when I first tasted it, I thought this tastes like, um, um, like, 
sweet, jungle magic <laughs> sweet chemicals oh but i guess that's all coke really is you know that's true hey anything's better than a pepsi wow that's for sure um but now i realize that it's it tastes like jungle magic yeah so oh we should okay at the goosebumps party yes, we will have coca-cola lives to drink and then we will call them jungle magic oh wow this party is gonna be so great it is gonna be lit af y'all that is very exciting. So they drink a bunch of Cokes and just feel so good. Oh, damn it. Now I really want a Coke. Me too. I, I have two left. I have two Coca-Cola Lifes left. We're trash. Home. We always record these and talk about what snacks we'd want to have while we're, while we're recording, but we ain't never have them. Can I guess we make a we're promise? Can we make a promise that... What is it for night? What what kind of snack can we... No, should we save... Should we save the snacks for the party, though? I can't think... Well, our next one is what? Night of Living Dummy 3. And yes. I can't think of any snacks off the top of my head from Night of Living Dummy 3. The only thing I can think of for Night of Living Dummy 3 is during the TV episode when they are... There's uh, that scene at the dinner table with all that stuff. Yes, the there's corn. that. But I'm also thinking of them um, watching movies while uh, the parents are gone and there's popcorn. That's a stretch, though. That is a stretch. And you know what? It probably won't be very interesting or pleasing to hear us munching on popcorn in these microphones. No, we'll have to save it for the party. Anyway, really important stuff that you guys needed to hear. <laughs> so, uh, they drink some Coke. And Kareem basically just, like, gives him, like, the spills the tea on the island. And it's just like, oh, these are the animals. The, this is what you need to avoid. This is what's good. And she's like, your Aunt Betta is, like, pretty chill. She discovered a new kind of tree snail. But she, like, never came back. And she's, like, lost in the jungle. And we're all worried. And... Um, they read that, like, in Aunt Benna's notebooks that she keeps, that um, she gave Mark jungle magic years ago when she visited him. And Carolyn knows that he has the jungle magic because the shrunken head was glowing. And that only happens around people with jungle magic. And jungle, and magic, jungle magic belonged to the Oloyan people who lived on this island hundreds of years ago. And they were head shrinkers. And Aunt Benna uncovered their magic. Do you guys get all that? Just, like, throwing all all of this exposition out yeah casually and mark kind of just spends the day with kareen and she's like very serious she hates the jungle her mom is dead and she like wants to go back to new jersey and she shows them a bunch of plants they climb a bunch of trees and that night mark is like is lying in his tiny little shack i thought it was cool that he had his like own cabin yes definitely like as a 12 year old having your own cabin in the jungle i think would be dope very cool and he's like laying there thinking gosh I can't remember whether it's laying or lying. It's people lie, objects lay. But there's a tense problem there. I don't know. You would know better than I do. I don't know. Anyway, uh, he is in his bed and he's like, gosh, they must have made a big mistake because I don't know what jungle magic is. I don't have jungle magic. What are they talking about? Because you know what? I'm going to tell them in the morning that they made a mistake and that I just need to go home. And like, I don't even know. And also like... So we're like what halfway across the world? Like, is there like a is there like a jet lag situation that's happening? I mean, like what? You know what I mean? Like, where are we? Isn't it isn't acknowledged? No way. And he can't sleep, and he's hearing this eerie outside, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I can't sleep. I'm gonna go take a walk outside in the jungle in the middle of the night." And he puts on a long t-shirt over his boxer shorts, and, and he was like, "I don't outside. need to wear no pants. Ain't no one else awake." And he gets a little scared because I don't know. He's 12 years old, walking around in the jungle, the dangerous jungle by himself in With the middle no of the flashlight. night. Flashlight. He's like, "Gosh, I should have grabbed a flash." Yeah. And he's almost to that like headquarter building, the big building, and is about to turn around and head back when he sees dark eyes staring at him. 
him. And then he sees more eyes, pairs of eyes, tons of eyes, and then realize that there's so many pairs of eyes stacked on top of each other. And the eyes start to glow a cold gold. Gold. It turns out what he's looking Mm -hmm. at and what is looking back at him is a pile of shrunken hats. So he's so scared that he runs around to the front of that building and goes inside just trying to catch his breath. I know, I'd be scared. Oof. And you know what he needs right now? A Coke. A he, fresh he needs Coke. He's got to get a Coke. That sounds I'm good. I'm not even kidding. So he goes to get to the fridge to get a Coke, Ooh, finds a flashlight, and sees Aunt Ben's notebooks that were referenced a little earlier. And he's, he just starts to read through them and finds a notebook that's about like a cave, her discovering a cave and some tree lizards. And, and doesn't finds... he like go all the way back to, he's like, huh, when was the last time Aunt Ben visited me? It was that one summer when I was four or something. So he like goes back in time to when those dates were and starts reading those um journal entries yeah and he can't believe what he reads and this is what he reads oh man dr hollings and her sister carolyn will stop at not there it is his sister carolyn yep good. will stop at nothing to destroy the jungle and all the creatures who live here they do not care who they hurt or who they kill they only care about getting what they want Finding the secrets of jungle magic in that cave was my most amazing discovery. But I know the secret is not safe as long as Dr. Hollings and Carolyn are around. They will use jungle magic to do evil. And so I have given the jungle magic and its secret to my nephew, Mark. He lives 4,000 miles away in the United States. And so I hope the secret will be safe. (laughs) If the jungle magic ever falls into Hollings' hands... The jungle will be destroyed. The island of Balladora will be destroyed. And so will I. If Hollings gets the jungle magic, he will shrink my head until there is no trace of me. I must keep my nephew 4,000 miles away from Hollings because he will shrink Mark's head too. To get at the magic I have hidden there. (laughs) I was hissing with laughter reading that. Yeah, it's so, so outrageous. Would you still be my best friend if I got that tattooed on my lower back? Oh, completely. Amazing. So... Also, it doesn't really make sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. We talk a lot about jungle magic in this book and the television episode, but we never, never really get a clear answer to what jungle magic is. The TV episode does a little bit of explanation. Yeah, they do more explanation than the book actually does, to be honest. It's true. So Mark starts freaking out. He's like, I've got to get out of here. He runs to the door and someone stops him at the door and says, where do you think you're going? It's Kareen in an oversized shirt and nothing else. And he says, let me go, let me go. And she's like, why are you freaking? Mark's like, I know, I read the journals. I know everything. And Corrine's like, ugh. She's like, whatever. Everyone really is worried about Aunt Benna, I promise. And sure. So dad and Aunt Benna, okay, so they had some arguments, but he's not evil. And she's so worried. And he was like, do I believe her? And then he sees a single tear roll down her cheek. And then he knows that Corrine's telling the truth. Do you want to know something? When I was younger, and remember when Encyclopedia Brown was a thing? Is a girl. Yeah. And do you guys remember Encyclopedia Brown? Encyclopedia Brown. I don't Encyclopedia think I ever Brown read one. I just remember that thing of it. where you would 
you would read like a, I don't know, a, a case study or something. Uh, you know, Encyclopedia Brown is like a little kid who was like solving crimes and puzzles. and But it was up to the reader to figure out like who did it. Yeah. And I remember one time, and they were they would get like increasingly difficult. And I remember one time the killer was, or not the killer, probably like the, the thief was. The killer this, in me is the killer in you. This girl who... They were like, trying to figure out who it was, and they interviewed, exactly Pretty Brown interviewed all of these characters in the book. And one character he interviewed was this girl. He, like, knocked on her door, and she opened the door, and she was, like, wearing a towel and had just, like, it was, like, filing her nails. And was like, sorry, I just got out of the shower. And he starts telling her about, like, this horrible thing that happened. And in the book, it said a tear fell out of the corner of her eye. And then it moved along. And then at the very end of the story, it's like, who did it? And I couldn't figure it out. And then it turned out it was that girl. And the clue that gave it away was two things. One, you never file your nails after a shower. And you don't cry out of the corner of your outer corner of your eye. You cry from like the inside corner of your eye. And I thought, I've I've filed my nails after a shower, and I've cried out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> Are you calling me a thief, bitch? I've, I've cried out of the corner of my eye before. I never filed my nails. I'm just kidding. I don't even know what that means. But I think about that sometimes when I'm alone in bed crying myself to sleep. So anyway, Corrine cries a single tear. doesn't say where it comes out of her eye, but she cries one crocodile tear, and... He's like, listen, if you're really, like, if you're really worried about my aunt, then you'll help me get out of here, which makes no sense. And she's like, fine, I'm really worried about your aunt, so I'll help you get out of here and escape. Like, what? Who, you're going to call Ernesto? And so Kareen's like, but first, you know, I know, I know how you can get out of here. Use your jungle magic to get out of here. Turn off your flashlight. Turn off Jules and Mimi and go to bed. And she says, hurry, grab a flashlight. I don't know. Like, r- put on put on some real clothes. Run back to your uh, cabin. And then use jungle magic to get out of there. <laughs> and Mark's like, okay, does that make any sense? <laughs> no. What are you talking about? No. You know what makes even less sense? What happens next? Right. So Mark's, like, running to back to back to his cabin with Kareen. And they hear these rapid footsteps coming towards them. And Kareen's like, oh, no, it's my dad. Oh, wait, it wasn't Kareen's dad, Dr. Hollings. It was just a giant rabbit that Aunt Benna had discovered. That's right. There's a big, I mean, a massive, like, colossal, giant rabbit, like, tromping through just the fields around their cabins. Um, can I start screaming now or do I have to wait till later? Guaranteed nightmares tonight. Can you guys imagine a big, fat, like, angry bunny just bumping around? That is some scary shit. So Mark runs inside, avoids the rabbit, gets dressed, puts the shrunken head in his front pocket, and Kareen's like, all right, girl, keep that flashlight off until you get to the jungle, and then jungle magic will take you to Aunt Benna. And he's like, he's kind of like, okay. So he runs off alone into the dark jungle, and I like how Arlstein points out the jungle is filled with weird ferns and smooth trunked trees and dark vines. And as he's walking, can we just through talk the jungle, about the fact? Okay, it, we, this is a twelve-year-old boy on a on an island in the jungle in the middle of the night in the dark by himself. This is one brave kid. I know. I'm scared. So as he's walking through the jungle, he hears a crazy sound. Tell me how that sound go. Auta. Auta. And um, how do you think it sounds? Auta. Auta. 
<laughs> and he's like, the jungle's alive. I keep hearing weird noises. So he finds this little shelter, like, I don't know, to sleep or something. I don't know. He kind of just like, doesn't he like sit down next to a tree trunk and then his ass falls asleep? Yes. And while he's sleeping, he has a nightmare about shrunken heads, like dozens of them bouncing off of his body like tennis balls and floating and floating around him singing. Hurry my curry, hurry my curry, hurry my curry, hurry my curry, hurry my curry. And then if you think that nightmare is scary, it's not one-tenth as scary as what's about to happen next. In fact, this next part, girl, I had a stand-up when I was reading, I had a reach because it scared my ass so much he looks down when he wakes up and he sees that his body is covered in hundreds of big red ants i hate this and did you know that if my body were covered in big red ants you'd be big red dead i would be instantly dead just i wouldn't even i couldn't i would just die Daniel's allergic to ants. I am. I'm very, very allergic to ant bites, and I would actually die. However, it never says that any of these ants bite Mark. They just crawl all over his body. Big, big, beady red ants. I want to scream right now. He says that he tries to get them off, so he starts rolling around and slapping his body, and he says they are itching him so much that, that he is itching so much that he can't breathe. And the only thing he can think to do is start to scream... Kalia! Okay, for those of you drinking at home, drink anytime we say Kalia, okay? And as he says that, this is so gross to me too. All the ants immediately just shower off of his body, just immediately drop off his body and scurry away real fast. Now that's jungle magic. And he sees that the shrunken head's eyes are glowing in his pocket and he's like, oh, I know how to use it now. I just scream my jungle word. And he starts to run towards... You just scream, Aaliyah. Oh. Baby girl. He runs off towards the sun. Like, he decides to run due east. And he... And as he runs, the the head's eyes glow. And he comes to this sandy clearing and starts to sink. Oh, no, y'all. Then the sand starts to creep all the way up his waist, and he tries to pump his legs. We keep sinking. You know what he's run into? Quicksand. And he's he's like, oh, no, maybe jungle magic will help me. I'll just scream. I'll just scream, Kehlani. Halia. Kalua. And nothing happens. And the sand keeps pulling him down. Pop, 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 like thick soup. Sick. I saw a footage on Instagram the other day of actual quicksand. Oh, I meant to Google it or YouTube it. What does it look like? It looks fucked up and it's just, it's exactly what's described in this book, actually. How do you get out of it, though? I You don't. You don't. I'm sorry. Oh, you, You're stuck unless you have jungle magic. The way to get out of it is to hold your shrunken head and scream, Kalia, drink. Well, what he realizes that is that he does, the reason why it's not working is because the shrunken head fell out of his pocket and it's like laying on top of the surface of the quicksand about a foot away from his fingertips. And he stretches and groans and, uh, but he can't reach it, can't grab it. And he's so angry about that that he slaps the top of the sand and the shrunken head starts bouncing toward him. So he slaps it again and again. 
Smack. That's what I saw on Instagram with some dude slapping the top of quicksand. Was the shrunken head bouncing towards him or away from him? Towards him. And he grabs it finally because it bounces towards him. He screams, but nothing happens and he dies. And so let's talk about the TV episode. So the TV episode aired in September 14th, 1998. (laughs) Uh, So nothing happens at first, but then yellow green snake like vines shoot out of the jungle, wrap themselves around his waist and pull him out. Wow. And he's, he's covered in like wet sand, but like, at least he's alive. You know what I'm saying? I do. So he continues to follow the glow of the shrunken head and realizes. Basically his shrunken head's like a a compass or like. Yes. Playing hot or cold or whatever that game is. So it starts to glow when he's going in the right directions and stops glowing when he goes in the wrong direction. So he's following that and he hears, at one point he hears a a growl behind him and it's, um, oh, I don't know. It's a tiger. Now, the only thing that's really described about this tiger in the book is says it's yellowish brown fur. Mm-hmm. So, like, are all tigers, like, orange with, like, white with black stripes? Or are they, like, yellowy brown? Um, I don't know. Okay, well, anyway. I'm going to go with whatever R.L. Stein says. So, they're all yellowish brown. Girl, he's run, his ass ran into a tiger. And... He sees that there are two little tiger cubs behind that tiger. And he's, and he's like, like, oh, no, the tiger thinks I'm trying to get at those cubs, and that's not even what I'm trying to do right now. So he starts screaming, Aaliyah, Aaliyah, and the ground starts shaking, and he hears a deafening ripping sound. Like Velcro, except really loud, and he realizes that the earth itself is ripping apart and swallowing him whole. And Mark falls down, down, down into a bottomless pit, and you guys... You guys, are you ready? This is what Mark says. I landed hard on my elbows and knees. Oh, it's good to be back. It's been a while since anyone's landed hard on their elbows and knees. And he sees yellow and red stars, he says. Can our asses just talk about how painful this must be when the earth rips below you and you fall tons and tons of feet and then you land hard on your elbow and knee? Yeah, we can talk about it. Ouch. And he sees that the tiger and the cubs are at the top of the pit looking down, growling. And he says, well, after what seemed like hours, he lets out a long whoosh of air as they walk away. Wow, we got all our greatest hits in this book, you we guys. We really do. We have it all in this book. You have it all, Kelly. You have it all. So, wow. That is such a deep cut reference. <laughs> That's For, a quote from Paula I'm Abdul. Gonna, I was about to explain it. Yeah. That's a quote from Paula Abdul during the first season of American Idol to Kelly Clarkson. When she sang Stuff, Stuff like, like That, that There. there. <laughs> We're at the top eight, I think. Wow. You are a triple threat. I could see you on film. I could see you on television, on stage. You have it all, Kelly. You have it all. <laughs> Never leaves the brain. No, it doesn't. Never leaves the brain. No, it doesn't. Kalia. Worms on the brain. Worms on Leilani. And he tries to get up out of the pit, but he can't because it's like a bunch of loose dirt. And then he When start- I pit, you pit, we pit. And when he sees, the- he starts seeing the sky darken above him and he's like, is it nighttime already? He says, no, he realizes it's somebody at the top of the pit and guess who it is. It's Kareen. It's Kareen. He's like, oh my God, Kareen, help. Help me. And she's like, I don't know how to help you and he was like toss down a rope she's like i don't have no rope she's like i'm gonna get a vine so she like disappears for a while then she does it for the vine and she has this vine that she flops down and throws down at him and she ties it around her waist which is his suggestion which i think is very smart Mm -hmm. and good job malk and she's using that body weight he jumps up to grab it and sort of like climbs up the side and they make he makes his way up the the pit he makes it he makes it 
and she says, how did you fall down, th- down there? And he was like, well, jungle magic. He's no, like, he, well, jungle magic, and... He, t- he doesn't exactly say that. He's like, well, uh, I don't know. And she says, I, we were, I was so worried about you that I followed you. And she says, hurry up, it's almost night. And I said, what? Yeah, I looked around when I read this book. I was like, wait, so this is what Mark did today. He woke up covered in ants, and then he fell down a pit, and then he climbed out. All right, is my ass supposed to believe that it's been 12 plus hours? And also, wouldn't his ass be hungry? I know he says that for a second, but like, I have a hard time believing this was just one day. Like, wh- where was the 12 hours spent? Was it down in the pit? Because he said he felt like he's down there in a long for a long time. Or and he like, just, where did he, did he sl- poop? Did he... <laughs> Did he sleep in really late? You Is he I mean? hungry? And like, where did he poo? <laughs> it must be, he must be really thirsty too. I don't even know. I wonder it, if he just screamed Kehlani and water came to his hand and he drank it. Shoot, girl. So Mark is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, we got to find Aunt Benna since it's nighttime now, but don't worry, the shrunken head's eyes will guide me. And also, if you scream the word Kalia, it really helps you. It always helps me when I scream the word Kehlani, honestly. And it, actually, you know what? Every time I've screamed that word, it's helped me immensely. Yeah. If, if you guys are ever need serious help, just scream or look up on Spotify or Apple Music, Kaylani. They don't want to see it happen, but we say fuck it. They don't want to see it happen, but we say fuck it. Yes, I promise you it will help you out. I promise you there's no problem that Kaylani can't fix in three minutes and 30 seconds. So it's nighttime now, and the jungle is creepy because it's effing nighttime and they follow the glowing eyes and talk about what aunt benna wrote and kareen's like pretty quiet about it she's like well i knew they had my dad and you know aunt benna had an arg and benna had an argument and mark's like yeah but like my aunt benna wrote that your dad was straight up evil though bitch and kareen's like no 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 he's not evil he's just a lot and so they come to this clearing and they see the dark outline of a little shack funky little shack and it's made of tree limbs and sticks and clumps of fat leaves making a roof. And there's like a few openings through the branches. And they can see a pale light through the openings. And they also hear a cough. And they're like, oh no, is it Aunt Benna? And they see that the shrunken head's eyes are glowing a bright yellow green. Like the color of monster blood. And a lantern appears from the shack. And it's it Aunt is B. Aunt Benna. She was very short, chubby, just like Mark, super chubby, with black hair tied back, a khaki slacks, and a khaki safari jacket. And they freak out, and they're like, oh my god, what are you doing here? And Mark's like, oh my god, you don't even know, but like, jungle magic brought me to you. And she's like, I'm so happy to see you, but then she sees Karina and says, now wait, what is that bitch doing here? (laughs) And... She's like, Karine's like, I'm trying to help you, girl. And Ben is like, uh, but your father wants to kill me, bitch. That's why I ran away. And Mark's like, no, no, no. Like, she's chill. She's chill. And, and, and Ben is like, like, you say no, you, you want a know. bad bitch, baby. Now you have it. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, you don't understand. Jungle magic is so powerful. You're in danger, girl. And then they start hearing footsteps. And Karine's like, over here, daddy. I found Benna. She's here. A uh, hurry. <sighs> and Ben is like, how could you? You guys saw this coming, right? Uh. 
when I was rereading this book, all I could think of was like Karina and her trifling ass, and how <laughs> she was about to like pull some straight up shit. Fuck you, Kareen. Yeah. Fuck you. So, <laughs> I feel exactly the same way, and I feel as intense and as passionate as you do. <laughs> Hashtag fuck you, Kareen. K-A-R-E-E-N. No. Kaylani. K-E-H-L-A-N-I. Kaylani. It's not that hard. So... <laughs> She's like, she's like, I had to do it. You see, daddy needs a jungle magic. <laughs> and Dr. Halling, listen, it's Dr. Halling, right? I don't, I don't know. Your ass could tell me that it says Dr. Halling, but in my brains, it's Mr. Hawkins all day, I know, I've been trying day. so hard not to say, Mr. Hawkins. Even as I was taking notes on my phone and my computer, it kept correcting it, Halling to Hawkins. And I'm all like, what are you doing? And so Dr. Hollings, Holling. Hold on, I'm look, trying to look it up. It's Dr. Hollings. Oh, wow, that's even more confusing. Dr. Hollings, Dr. Hollings shows up and Mark is like, does he have a gun? And it's never like kind of answered. That question's never really answered. There are, there are guns. He says, he says he has like, well, the, there's a gun later for sure. Yeah, there will be guns. And... <laughs> And he has a gun, I think, or a weapon and a flashlight. And he's like, thank you for guiding me here, Kareen. Benna, tell me the secret of jungle magic. And I'll let you and Mark leave the island in one piece. And Mark's like, uh, excuse me? So he raises the shrunken head and is about to say Kalia. But Aunt Benna says, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Then they'll know the secret word. And and, and Kareen goes, that's okay, Danny. I know the secret word. It's and Mark slaps his hand over Kareen's mouth and says, "Don't spill it, bit." And he tells Aunt Benna to run. And then this weird kind of thing happens where, like, Aunt Benna like tackles Doctor Halling. So Aunt Benna and Doctor Halling start fighting, and like Kareen and Mark start falling. And, and I'm they're like, stopped by Carolyn, who appears, and she's like, "I'm here too." And three against two. And Doctor Hollings forces Aunt Ben and Mark to go into the shack and spend the night there keeping guard. And I'm all like, where's he gonna poo? <laughs> so, as, <laughs> so they spend the night there, like the whole night there. Yeah. And as soon as the su- the red sun rises, they walk for hours and hours and hours. And it should take them a solid day to get back to the headquarters because that's how long it took them to get to the shack. But I'm not gonna hold grudges and they get back to the hot jungle they got back to the base through the hot jungle and dr hollings puts them in an empty cabin and and, and they like throws them balls of waters like drink this and i'm like I- i'd like a coke please am um, i ordered a coke and so mark's like what are we gonna do and they hear a metallic clang and a rush of water and and ben is like no 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 we're still in luck because dr hollings doesn't have the shrunken head and 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 ben is like i in i imbued that particular shrunken head with jungle magic and then they hear a clank another big old clank and more rushing water outside and they're like what is going on and, and ben, ben is, like, is like our asses are in major danger here now when i give you the sing the signal that is your cue to use jungle magic and the signal is going to be me blinking three times i hope she clarified like three times in a row yeah that's true because like girl 
I was also thinking about how 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 fucking nuts her ass be looking if she's sitting there and like blinks really hard three times. You know what I mean? I guess the end justifies the means, though. You know? Yeah, the beans. So Doctor Holling shows up with a big silvery pistol. Wow. And walks them down the row of buildings behind the main one, which you guys remember behind that main building is that pile of shrunken heads. Now they're still there, this pile of shrunken heads with ugly, angry, horrified expressions on them. And next to them is an enormous black pot on a red hot electric burner, and the pot the pot is filled with boiling water. And and Carolyn's there with Dr. Hollings and Corrine is, and threatens, like, we don't want to hurt you. Just give us the jungle magic. And Aunt Benna says, never. And Dr. Hollings says, if you don't give us the jungle magic, we're going to shrink your heads in this boiling pot. And he says, one last chance. Give us the jungle magic. And Aunt Benna says, no. And Dr. Hollings says, fine. And then the boy goes in first. And then Aunt Benna furiously blinks three times. <laughs> And Mark raises up the shrunken head. Is about and he's to scream about to say Aliyah. When Doctor Hollings just knocks the shrunken head out of his hand, and it falls into the pile of shrunken heads. Oh no! So you know what? Mark just dives right in after into this pile of shrunken heads like baseballs, warm, sticky, hard baseballs. Meanwhile, Aunt Benna is fighting fisticuffs Dr. Hollings to keep him from Mark, even though he's got that silvery pistol. And Mark tries to find it, but he can't. He sees one shrunken head that has ants crawling over it. He sees one with bright green eyes. He he sees one with a white scratch on his ear. He's like, where is it? Where is my shrunken head? Wait, what did you say, Daniel? He he finds one with one white scratch on his ear. A white scratch on his ear? That's gotta be it. Oh, yes, of course. It was Jessica. Jessica scratched the ear. Blessica. So he grabs it as Dr. Hollings grabs Mark by the waist and pulls him off the pile. And Mark screams, um, Kahlua, and then nothing happens. What? And Dr. Hollings just pulls him towards the pot. is about to throw him in. And as he's about to do that, Dr. Hollings' arms shrink away, and so does his whole body. And Carolyn and Corrine's bodies start shrinking, too. And they shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink until they squeal like tiny little mice. They run into the jungle. But do their clothes shrink? That is not clarified, and technically, I believe their naked bodies should shrink, but I'm pretty sure their clothes do too, and that's very disappointing for me personally. Yeah. And Aunt Ben is like, oh my gosh, you saved us, you saved us, you guys. Smash cut to Aunt Ben and Mark at the airport, and they're back at home, and they're back at Mark's den having dinner. That fast. That fast. So, so that that was it? Yep, that was the whole thing. Uh-huh. Aunt Benna hypnotizes him to like get the jungle magic out of him or something. So his ass doesn't have jungle magic anymore. Sorry about it. And she hypnotizes him just like she did when he was like little or something. And all she does is say, look into my eyes. And she has this like little teacup and like spins the spoon around and he falls into the shrunken place. And like (laughs) he, and the jungle magic is taken away. And Mark's like, but can I keep the shrunken head though? And she's like, okay. So the next day he gets up and he's going to school and he's jogging the three blocks yes, of school because yes. everybody in books walks to school. No, 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 no. We have to take it back, Dion. Take it back now, y'all. Okay. Um, left foot, step, left foot, left stomp because the next day Mark goes back to school, right? Because it's the day, it's, it's, well, I, I can't explain it. Because, okay, so first of all, how long was Mark going to Balladora for? Um, I don't know. Um, was he, if he was scheduled... It, did it co- did coincidentally he was scheduled to come back at the exact same time that he did come back and then would be ready to go to school the next day when he got back? That that I don't know. So whatever day he came home from Balladora and you know shrunk three grown ass people, he just goes back to school the next day. So he's like jogging to school with a shrunken head in hand, being like, I can't wait to t- tell this crazy story with Eric and Joel and everyone at school. And 
he's as he's as he's jogging there, he starts to feel the head twitching in his hand. What? So I'm gonna read the first paragraph and the last paragraph of the book, as do we it. do. You yeah. ready? I was born ready. Have you ever played Jungle King? It's a computer game, and it's really cool. Unless you sink into a quicksand pit or get squeezed to death by the living vines. <clears throat> the eyes blinked, then stared up at me. The lips closed, then opened again. Hey, kid, the head growled. Let me tell the part about the tiger. What? (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe it's, I I, I like to think it's the Crypt Keeper's voice. Oh, yeah, like, I don't don't know how the Crypt Keeper sounds. Hey, kid, let me. That's not it either. But anyway, the head talks to him at the end, and that's how the book ends. So, I mean, the book's fun. You know what I mean? Like, nothing really happens in it. Nothing really makes sense. it's chill. You know what I'm saying? Well, let's, okay, let's talk about this two-part television episode. Oh, ding, ding, That's That's pretty different. There's some similarities, and there's some inspirations, but they're pretty different. So, also, there's some stuff in this episode, you guys, that this is not one of the stronger ones in IMOHO, but, like... They they did put some money into it, and they ch- they make some like strong directing choices. And if you're if you're if you're faded or a little drunk and want to watch it, like go for it. You know what I mean? Or if you want to like kind of like hate watch a little bit. But if you're having that boy over, having that girl over, and you're having flirty times, and say let's watch an episode of Goosebumps because you want to show it. them. This is not the one to show them. Okay. So- I also had that date before, and it and it works every time. Oh yes, I've had that date too. I recommend stay out of the basement. Oh wow! I watched Day Out of the Basement too on a date. I, I, that's worked for me before. I think I've, I've I watched Welcome to Dead House not too recently. That's not a bad one. I mean, of course, if it's October, you're going to be watching The Haunted Mask, or if it's any month. <laughs> or you know what would be a good one too is The Werewolf of Fever Swamp would be a good one to watch with oh, a date. Wow! Now it's getting too sick. Okay, anyway, sorry, back to how I got my shrunken head. So, Also, by the way, can I just say that I love, we're about to have a lot of these titles that are like, How I Blank, or How to Blank. Um, this is, I think it's the first one we have so far that's a How I Got My, or How I Learned To, or How how to Kill A. Or it's, it, there is Why I'm Afraid of Bees, Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I like those, those, those titles to me harken back to some kind of like 50s. Whatever happened to Baby Jane. Yeah, this <laughs> Whatever happened to baby Jane? She could dance, she could sing, make the biggest theater ring. Jane could do most anything. Whatever happened to baby Jane? I still can't believe that's real. (laughs) Anyway, I just think the tiles are kind of funny and cool and... Um, again, this reeks of um, Amy reeks. This reeks of like Arlstein coming up with this "How I Got My Shrunken Head" title, and then went back and wrote it. You know? Yes, I know what you're saying. So this was the beginning of season four for Goosebumps. This is a two-parter. The first episode aired, which is the first season, uh, first episode of season four, aired on September 14th, 1998. And then a week later, the second part aired, and it was September 21st, of course, 1998. So I don't know, you guys. Um, Mark is not that chubby. He's not, and he's also, girl, he gets on my last nerve on this episode. He does too. I, I wasn't having it, you guys. I liked him much better when he was on Degrassi. He played Sean on Degrassi. This is actor Daniel Clark. He's got a pretty good name. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this starts off very differently from, um, not very differently, I guess, but di- how he gets the shrunken head is is different in the TV episode. there's he It's like late at night, the doorbell rings, and at the door... 
is, is a package. Is a package from the from somewhere. In it the literally island. says from somewhere in the island of Baladora from Aunt Benna. And so Mark's like, oh, cool. Like I have this package in the middle of the night. He takes it up to his room, which is like to the nines decked out in like jungle gear. There's like zebra print rugs and blankets and there's like tiki torches. And there's just like so much like it's giving you way, way too much jungle all up in his room. And, and the package, he, like, sets the package down, and the package, like, kind of starts bopping around, like, jerking around and popping around, and then something bursts out of the package, and then it kind of, like, runs around the room. We don't really see it until there's the reveal that it's the shrunken head. And, and the shrunken sh- head kind of, like, moans and groans. It kind of, like, its mouth kind of wiggles, and it's, you guys, this this shrunken head, and th- all throughout this episode, just straight up floats. It like, just straight up floats, and what's so cute about it and hilarious about it is its ponytail just sticks straight up in the air. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's me. kind of hilarious. So it just kind of like floats around the room. It's like, what the fuck? And then he like, he screams and screams. About he screams it. and screams, like screams for help, bangs on the door, his bedroom door. And then his bedroom door opens and there's this dude standing there at the door. And it turns out this dude is Mark's mom's boyfriend, Ed, who she has like over for the night or something. And I don't know where he was. I don't know where mom or Ed were earlier when the doorbell rang at night with a package, but now they're in the house. And there is no Jessica. There is no dad on a business trip. It is single mom, like who's like dating men. And so like basically he's like, like kind of skeezy. I kind think. of skeezy and Ed like hightails it out of there in his yellow car. And how it's played is that like Mark was straight up cock blocking his mom and she was about to get laid that night. But because Mark had a scream about a shrunken head, she's like totally butthurt about it. And she like comes to his room and she's like, she's like, Oh, thanks now for ruining thinks, another guy for me. Yeah. The only guy I found in the last year and a half. And now he thinks I got a crazy kid. And so like Mark's like, whatever he sits down to play this shitty animated computer version of jungle king he sits there and literally you guys the only word i can use to describe this is he screeches the word kalia mark and he screeches the word kalia so much in these next two episodes that it makes my skin crawl like definitely drink if you're going to watch this because every time he says it, you're going to want to get numb so i also want to point out that she was like, oh, Mark, like, calm down. It's it's from these jungle games that you're playing. You, you didn't have, that shrunken head didn't float. You probably just saw it, fell asleep, had a bad dream, like... Ugh. And she's like, Sound and you know reductive. what? You need to start cleaning. You, like, your play- this room is a mess. Well, what she says is, he goes, she goes, Kalia, where'd you get that stupid phrase? He's like, I don't know. It just makes me feel strong. And she he, says, well. He, well. Said, he, said, he, he says, he says, I don't know. It just, like, kind of makes me feel stronger. And then she says, well, since you're feeling so strong, you won't mind kalia up this place. And what's this Kalia? It's not some foreign swear word, is it? No, no, it's a word I made up. It sort of makes me feel stronger. Well, how convenient. And since you're feeling so strong, maybe you won't mind kalia up this place. <laughs> now, I have to say... That's one of the best puns I've ever heard. (laughs) And it's probably, for me personally, the funniest moment of the entire Goosebumps uh, TV series. Yes. (laughs) And I know I'm not laughing right now, (laughs) but I will, in the middle of the night tonight, shoot up at a 90 degree angle. Don't wake daddy style. And not laugh, but howl for 90 seconds thinking about that. Yeah, it's really fucking funny. It is so funny to me. There's a lot of also in these two episodes... Um, some, I think, I mean, you know, give, 
in the context of the a Goosebumps Kids TV series, some really cool flashbacks and like kind of directing choices. And mm. he has some of these really random ass frightening dream sequences. Like after he, you know, he doesn't call Leah in up the place. Um, he has this nightmare kind of where he like sees Aunt Benna from behind and he like, you know, is walking towards her and it's a vague birthday party and she turns around and is holding this cake that says, be careful. And then he wakes oh. up, which I think is kind of, kind of cool and smart. Do because we need to have a be careful cake? Oh, <gasps> Oh, yes. A chocolate be careful cake. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Yes. So Coke, Coca-Cola life. I'm going to write this down. And a chocolate be careful cake. But like, I thought that was kind of, because we know the backstory of, you know, after reading the book, you know, the backstory of Aunt Benna coming to the United States and hypnotizing Mark and giving him jungle magic. And I feel like the eps, the TV episode does kind of a pretty good job of like showing us flashbacks and like giving us a little foreshadowing about I that I guess kind you're of thing. right. I guess it does. I don't know. I'm trying to find something positive, you know? So the next day there's a phone call from Aunt Benna and that we don't hear, but Aunt Benna says, I want Mark to come visit me right now. And, and then it's kind of played for a joke that, like, the mom's like, no, he can't come visit right now. But then she remembers how she wants to get fucked real hard, fuck real good by Ed. And then she kind of is like, when can he be there? Like, that kind of thing. It's it's kind of terrible and amazing. Yeah. And we see him at, like, the... We literally see you guys when he's traveling a toy... I mean, on purpose. A toy plane, like... Scooting across a physical globe. A spinning globe. And then we get to Balladora. And Balladora is vaguely Asian. It's kind of like Thai, like a kind of Thai, like Thailand, I think. And we're at the airport, and the airport looks like an office building that's been dressed up to look like an Asian market. Yeah. And this Asian dude comes up to, comes up to Mark, which I thought was interesting, and just starts going, Kalia? Kalia? And Mark's like, how do you know that? But then we're quickly distracted by... All right, do we have to talk about this? We do. We have to talk about this. The pilot for Mark's plane to take him to Balladora is this Asian guy, Jimmy, Jimmy Lowe, who is for no reason like a weird Elvis impersonator. And he's literally dressed like Elvis. Dressed like, like, like stereotypical Elvis. Like like, Vegas Elvis. Like super, super Vegas-y Elvis. White bodysuit. He gets in a plane with Mark and it's like, he's like, hey, ever been to Hollywood? Ever going to Hollywood? And Mark's like, no. I'm going to be a star. Listen to this. Um, I'll be back. Or I don't know. He does some like really bad Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. And uh, Mark's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Whatever. You live in Hollywood? No. You live near Hollywood? No. You ever been to Hollywood? No. Oh. I'm going to Hollywood. Really? Uh-huh. You're going to be a movie star. Listen. So, and then the plane starts falling because they're having engine trouble, like, and commercial break. And come back from commercial and we see that the, he look, Mark looks in his pocket and the shrunken head's eyes are glowing. And he just kind of goes, um, uh, Kalia, Kalia, and starts going, Kalia, Kalia. And the plane, you know, stops falling and the engine starts working again. I will say one thing that's worth watching about this episode is when the shrunken head, which I think looks pretty good, actually, facially, at least. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it doesn't have beady black eyes that are, like, described in the book. These beady, have, like... Beady, bum, bum. Yo. Hey, he was like, anything for Salina. I mean, not Salina, but Salina with an S. It was weird. The whole time. I mean, he didn't let me pay for it. He was, like, he was happy to have his bumper taken off by our bus. 
Or by Salinas's bus. Oh, yes, Salinas. My queen. Um, uh, it it has like like white, like kind of cartoony eyes. And at resting, this shrunken head is giving you this bitch please face. Am I wrong, Daniel? You're not wrong. Like there's the part after they scream Aliyah in the plane and the plane saved. This this shrunken head straight up looks at Mark and says, bitch, please. Anyway, they land or whatever. They land and like, and then Jimmy's like, don't forget this. This is the most important thing you need. And it's a package of licorice gum. Dr. Hollings loves licorice. You better give him his licorice gum. And Mark's like, who's Dr. Hollings? And then... Kareen immediately shows up. Kareen immediately shows up. Okay. We have to talk about this too. We have to talk about this. So the actress who plays Kareen, we've already seen her before in the aforementioned Stay Out of the Basement. She plays Margaret in Stay Out of the Basement. One of my favorite actresses... From from Stay of the Basement, from the Goosebumps series, I think she's really kind of over the top in a good way in that episode. Um, she's kind of piss poor in this episode. Yeah, she's pissed. But the main reason why she's so piss soaked and poor is because she has the worst fucking haircut I've ever seen in my entire life. First of all, like look, I'm about to, I'm just about to give it to you, and I've had this hair color, so like I, I like. You can flip the shade around on me, but you can tell her ass is a natural brunette that her ass tried to dye it blonde and it came out that brass th- yellow, that sick pea color, like that brassy orange yellow and the ugliest penis head mushroom flop top bowl cut I've ever seen on any human being. It's not acceptable hair for a girl. It's not acceptable hair for a guy. It's not acceptable hair for a human being. There, I said it. Somebody you don't believe me? To. Look it up. Look it up, bitch. So, and she's she's has her Walkman. She always has her Walkman. Yeah, she's a lot more like, I'm a teen. Like, she and Mark don't seem the same ages at all, but like, like she's super like a l- little less sassy. Like, in the book, she's more sassy. And in the TV episode, she's more just like angsty, angsty, over it teen. Yeah, she doesn't want to be there. She just wants her CDs, which Jimmy brings her. And then we see where, you know, on Balladora or whatever, where you know, Aunt Ben is supposed to be. And there's a lot more people than there were in the book. There's like all these, it's so, it's uncomfortable to watch because it's, you guys, it's a bunch of Asian people wearing white, wearing black sunglasses, walking around like like robot slaves, literally. And Dr. Hollings is like their white master, literally. So they meet Carolyn. Carolyn has a ludicrous British accent that's not. Mark, you're just as handsome as your picture. Isn't he handsome, Kareem? And they meet Dr. Hollings. He also has a weird British accent. Now, the actor that plays Dr. Hollings also just played... We just saw him in Night of the Living Dummy 2. He was um, Amy's you know, Amy's dad or oh, whatever. Oh, wow. He he's very, very different. Di- he's yeah. very different. He's wearing a mustache, and he's very different. And this was a couple years later than that episode was shot. That's true. And I guess that's, they can reuse actors because it's been a couple years, and they burn out of all the actors in Canada. So I, I want to point this out. Mark's like, where's Aunt Benna? And and Dr. Holling says, she left yesterday and never came back. So that's why we called you, wanted to bring you here. And I was like, yesterday? What? And you like immediately called? And you're like, what are you talking about? And but who Aunt was Benna, that on the phone? Like, it doesn't, it, none of that makes any sense. No, it doesn't. Um, so... You know what else doesn't make any sense? The nightmare that Mark has that night. Mark has a nightmare that night, you guys, where he's caught in a giant spider web and there is a real spider crawling towards him, which you think is terrifying enough. And then there is an actor wearing like 
a spider face. It's the it's Doctor Hollings, the actor. The wow, I didn't even recognize. And he has like scary, pointy teeth, and it's this terrifying half human, half spider head that's pushing through webs. And Mark is screaming, and I'm screaming. Well, what's weird about it is it shows like Mark a shot on Mark like trapped in a spider web, and then it cuts to like a tarantula that's in a spider web. But they want us to think that the spider's huge. And like Mark's really tiny, but it doesn't really work. Oh, that didn't work. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even get no, that. It's, it's not good. And so like Mark wakes up from his nightmare, and he sees that his shrunken head is glowing and floating and going. Bleh, 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 bleh. So like, and Mark, he follows the, shr- the shrunken head instead of like, um, you know, before we had like Aunt Benna's journals. This is like her video library, and it kind of takes Mark to this like selection of videotapes and he just puts one in and he starts watching these videotapes of Aunt Benna looking to the camera and being like today I found this and this and this but in the background is Carolyn and Dr. Hollings and Karen's like I found your book on jungle magic she's why did you go through my stuff bitch don't touch my stuff and so like Mark witnesses the animosity between Carolyn and Dr. Hollings and Aunt Benna and how there's some secret stuff there and then Dr. Hollings walks in and he hides under the table and hears like well, a we, phone conversation we also get this weird I think shot of like Dr. Hollings is in this like opulent black robe and outside all the Asian slaves are just standing there militant staring forward while he like walks between them. And I, so I'm like, oh, they're just there all night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what? So Dr. Hollings talks on the radio and they're like, yes, we need to find her. We need to find her. We have the boy, the hostage, the hostage. And that's where Mark kind of gets the idea. Oh no, something shady's going on. And he like runs outside and after after Dr. Hollings leaves, Mark runs outside and runs into one of the Asian guards and is like, you've got to help me, you've got to help me. And the Asian guard just opens his mouth and like, I this, don't even know how to explain it. This terrifying buzzing swarm sound comes He's out of his like, mouth and his eyes glow white and it's so terrifying and jarring. End of act one. Thanks, I'm afraid you're not going anywhere. scary it is so that's part one here's the second part so it dr hollings shows up and is like no one can help you and sort of explains to mark everything that's happening in this weird sort of thing where it like slips in and out of a sepia tone backstory but they filmed it all at the same time so it's like Dr. Hollings standing and talking and he like walks away from the scene and behind him is Aunt Benna and they just change the color of everything to like make it a flashback. This is what I mean. And then it changes like... back to like normal color when Dr. Hollings walks back into the scene. From an artistic point of view, I appreciate this. And at least with the kids television show, they're kind of making choices and like trying to make something cool. And I have to support that. Yes. Yeah, so Dr. Hollings says that he's like, you, you don't understand your Aunt Benna. She's been gone for two... Like, like two months? I think it was a month. A month. She disappeared a month ago, yeah. D- different from the lie he told earlier about her being gone for a day. And says that she discovered jungle magic. But and instead of Kalia, it's called Kala'a'a'i'a. There we go. And that she was like starting to, she discovered the jungle magic and started to do experiments on the locals. And it turned them into mindless zombies. And wait, she wait, went wait. crazy and went into the woods. They describe jungle magic as a combination of herbal medicines, meditation, and hypnosis that gives the user telekinetic powers over anything and everything including the dead 
So I'm still a little confused, though, even though it's it was really spelled out for us. I'm still a little confused how it works. So Carolyn and Dr. Hollings were like, we just edited your your Aunt Benna's like, uh, tapes and pulled words from it to make a fake phone call. And, and I was they like, show up for two seconds of her like, going, why don't you visit me, Mark? <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's crap. Your aunt was studying the rituals of certain ancient tribes in the region when she stumbled upon something known as Kahalahi'ia. Roughly translated, it means jungle magic. It's rather hard to explain, but it's a sort of combination of herbal medicines, meditation, and hypnosis. And it gives the user virtually unlimited telekinetic powers over objects both animate and inanimate, living or dead. Benna began experimenting with jungle magic using our poor workers here as her first subjects. Unfortunately, the procedures weren't entirely successful, and they've become, as you see them, mindless zombies, following orders without question. Useful, perhaps, but a terrible waste of human life. So what happened to my Aunt Benna? Yes, that is the sticky bit. You see, Kaha Lahi'ia is a very strong power. And like most powers, it corrupts the user's personality. Your Aunt Benna began to behave irrationally, forgetting who and where she was. One month ago, she threatened to destroy all of us. And when we tried to stop her, she ran into the jungle and disappeared. That's impossible. I talked to her on the phone a couple days ago. Ah, that was my wife's idea. We tracked you down with the gift your aunt had planned to send you on your birthday. We had an idea that the only way to get Benna to return and to convince her not to use jungle magic anymore was to bring you here to this island. So they're like, you got to help us find her, find her. So in the morning, they go like to wake up Mark to help them find her, or whatever jungle magic. And they find that Mark is gone. And then we like, so cut to like Mark in the, in the I jungle. I felt a little himself. bit betrayed as an audience member where it's like, I'm following Mark's story. And then he snuck out in the middle of the night. And we didn't even get to go with him. You know I know. I mean? It's like, why do we want to see every and anything from the Hollings point of view? And then, right. And then it cuts to, to Mark in the jungle. And you guys, I can't abide Mark for the next like 10 or 15 minutes because he gives you this yuck, yuck, yuck comedy hut routine where he like plays everything for like stupid comedy. He acts like an old man doing like, like a bunch of shitty one-liner jokes. I don't know how else to describe it, but it just made me feel sick. And I was like, shut the fuck up. He's very sarcastic. And he like, I don't know, is walking, sees a snake. Ah, then ends up in quicksand. Ah, and, and, Kareen immediately shows up and saves him from the quicksand after a bunch like, of sarcastic she's, fighting. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, what do you look like I'm doing? I'm sinking over here. Get me that. I, I don't know. It's fucking stupid. And he screams Kalia or whatever. She can't help him out of this quicksand, so he screams Kalia, and the vines pull him out. And, you know, like, Ow, whatever. And he's like, he was like, I didn't trust your dad. I ran away. I didn't trust him. And she's like, yeah, actually, she says, actually, dad was the one that did the experiments. 
and he made the those people into zombies. So I get it. Like I totally get and it. He went nuts after Aunt Benna wouldn't tell him how jungle magic works. So the flashback lied, and the head starts floating, and instead of glowing, it floats, and they follow where it goes, and they fall fall into some smoke very quickly, and fall into a trap. And there's like a, a tribal warrior above the trap, dancing and hooting and hollering, wearing like a grass skirt. And of course, it's Aunt Benna, but she done lost her mind because she's looking fucking crazy. And she's like, "Oh my God, Mark, what are you doing here? Why, why are you in Balador right now? How did you get here?" She's like a little too chill about it for my taste. But then of course she sees Corrine and she's like straight up over it in the same kind of situation. But then like Mark's like, "What is that? I smell licorice. Oh yeah, Doctor Hollings love licorice and licorice gum." And Corrine pulls the same shit where she's like, "Daddy," and she's like, she says, "I know, I I hit it with my phone." Mm-hmm. She says, she says, Daddy, they're here. I knew it. I knew it. They're here. And and Carolyn's like, oh, your, your father and I are so proud of you. And Kareen's like, this is the secret of jungle magic. And she, and like, gra- grabs the head and tries to say, but it doesn't work. Nothing happens. And he, and Dr. Hollings is like, Benna, you need to tell me how jungle magic works. And she says, Richard, Harold, I wouldn't tell you how the f- Phone book works. Oh, burn. Cut to Mark is hanging upside down over a boiling pit filled with green liquid. And and and, and the Hollings are watching him and Aunt Ben is watching him and he and she's he's like, I'm gonna dip your nephew into the the head shrinking pit if you don't tell me jungle magic and all the Asians are standing around with their white clothes and black sunglasses looking like robots. And like for some reason it's it's strangely tensionless where it's like shouldn't this be terrifying like this is our, bright in the middle of the day and our like, lead what? kid is about to get his head shrunk and everyone's just kind of standing there and so and Benna does nothing to help except no she's just kind of staring stand at Mark and say like remember remember and so we kind of get she a, says remember your eighth birthday remember your eighth birthday and so we see like Mark kind of flashing back in his memory and then all of a sudden he remembers that when he when she was pulling the voodoo shit with the with the coin trying to hypnotize the jungle magic into him that the jungle magic has been in him the whole time she said the magic is in you so he remembers it so he realizes i don't need the shrunken head i can just scream kalia and it works and so he screams kalia kalia and literally floats up in the air and like we get some kind of shitty special effects really with this, terrible with this straight up harness butt he kind of flips around and just starts screeching kalia, he's like this is kind of fun and starts doing flips through the air And like for some reason, him screeching Kalia snaps all of the white, uh, all of the, um, all of the the robot slaves out of their trance, and they kind of like ambiguously kind of start to like attack the Hallings and Kareen, and they shove them into the green pit. Okay, can we just talk about this for a second? So they fall into like the green pit, and then they kind of splash around there for a second. I was like, shouldn't this be burning? Shouldn't they be screaming? Shouldn't have something happen? Because it looks like they just felt in glowing green liquid. So if that's the case, why should my ass have been scared that Mark was about to get his head dunked in glowing green liquid? But the next thing that happens is Mark saying, and that's how I got my shrunken head. And he's telling Ed at home. He's his back mom's at home. Boyfriend. And Ed's like, oh, cool. And mom's like, what are you two talking about? Ed's like, the weather or something. I don't know. And so that, like, you know, Ed and Mark's mom leave to go fuck or something. And, and Aunt Benna, like, spins the coin and re-hypnotizes the magic away from him. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
Oh no, she does that. She she does that in the jungle. Yeah, right? she does before they get back. Sorry, she does that in the jungle right as the the Hollings are just taking a casual, easy, lukewarm bath in some green liquid. Yeah, and so like like okay, so Ed and Mark's mom go to fuck, and Mark's like you know bye, you know wrap it up or I don't know whatever, and then like Mark like goes to his he has like um a, a sandwich and like a glass of water and like the shrunken head like makes it reminds him that he has like oh yeah and he takes like the sandwich pairs tears a piece of it off goes into his closet and dumps and it in like a little fish tank there's like this glowing fish tank with no water in it there's like this little biome or or whatever of like a of like a little jungle setup and you see tiny tiny dr hollings carolyn and kareen in there like little mice babies shrunken down with their clothes shrunken down going help me please please help me and he was like here's your sandwich and then he like i don't know like brings them food and they're like jumping up and down and screaming or something like that and he was like don't worry and ben is going to teach me how to unshrink you guys <laughs> on my 16th birthday yeah, when she comes back to visit on my 16th birthday and, and they're he, like oh no me and then he kind of shuts the closet doors and they're like you know living in his closet in a tiny little tank and that's it what? <laughs> <laughs> i will say the tv episodes were not as bad as i remember them i think honestly the worst part for me is is little mark he really really annoys the fuck out of me but there is some kind of fun stuff in it yeah, I don't need to be watching it again anytime soon, though. No, that's true. But it was fun to go to the jungle. Girl, I want a Coke right now. Yeah, I do, too. Let's go get Cokes. All right, deal. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery. My Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery. And my Twitter is iRobotUJane. If you message me or comment or tweet at me at anything Goosebumps, like, girl, I want to talk about that shit. And all my stuff is DannyMac769, D-A-N-N-Y-M-A-C-K-769. And let's talk Goosebumps. And let's talk about it now. Yeah, you can also email us at welcome to deadcast at gmail.com. Thank you for the emails that we have been getting. Really appreciate it. And if you're if you feel so led, please, by all means, write us a review on iTunes. Give us five stars. Kalia! Tell us you love us. And subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe Promise? on iTunes. Yes. Um and so you guys. I cannot wait for our next book. It's our second threequel. We've Ooh. had the Mon- Monster Blood, Monster Blood 2, Monster Blood 3. And now it's Night of the Living Dummy 3. Ooh, it's going to be really good, you guys. Slappy's back. Slappy's back. It's going to get insane. Yeah, well, Zane's better than being in Zane. Ooh. Doesn't make sense now. It will next episode. All right, you guys. We'll see you then. If, if you call Kalani. Hey, 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 hey,